And welcome to another Ship's Deep Dive, but this time it's a special. Have you heard of Back to the Future? Well, have you heard of Back to the Future musical? It had its premiere in Manchester, UK. And Fat Boy Slick, our regular guest, was there. Hello, Fat Boy. Hello, yeah, I was there. I was there. So oh should my give you, God, red should, carpet, man! should give you a bit of background. Um, yes. So, everyone knows Back to the Future, right? Um, Bob Gale and Robert Zemeckis, so Bob and Bob, and Bob wrote it, uh, and Zemeckis directed it. And they have said for years they will never do a fourth, never do a sequel, never reboot it. They're very precious of it, which is just so refreshing when you're seeing every movie from the past 30 years getting rebooted, remade, etc., etc. So absolutely brilliant news. Uh, and what they so one of the things they did do a few years ago to help appease fans, so they've done a, done comics recently with yeah. new stories. They did the video game. Which was really good and it's really good. I had it on PlayStation. Yeah, it came yeah. out like a comic form, wasn't it? it yeah. Was like so Bob Gale co-wrote it, and he's referred to that as the fourth film, because um, the game's great. It goes back to the Prohibition era, and it's about saving Doc when Doc's a young person. It's it's very it's actually really clever. And if it's it's like a point and click game. Uh, if you're obviously if you're a fan of Back to the Future or even interested in what another story they could tell, you, you have to play the game. You just play because it's a it's a great great story, and you've got like uh, I think Biff's dad is in it and stuff like that. It's it's brilliant actually. Um, and then about five years ago, Bob Gale turned around and said he wanted to do a musical. He was looking into doing a musical. I think they wanted to get it done for the the thir- well probably more than five years ago. He wanted to get it done for the thirtieth anniversary of the film. Um, uh, so he, so he announced plans to do it, stuff, and then they just went really really quiet, and then. Out of the blue, this time last year, um, they announced they were doing it. They'd got a director, the original director left who they had. I think that's probably delayed it. And to coincide with the 35th anniversary of Back to the Future, they were going to do a musical. And they've got a director. Uh, they were finishing the casting. They'd got the script. They knew what they wow. were doing. And they said it's going to launch on the 35th anniversary, so 2020. Do you reckon they kept it quiet just to keep the hype down? Yeah, yeah. I think just they, in they, case they need to at get any point they could just come back out. Yeah, and I'm like a mega Back to the Future fan. You know, You're the biggest one I know. Yeah, and you know a lot of people. Um, you know, I've got uh, I've got so much memorabilia. I know the Inside Out. I know tri- trivia. In fact, I, I love it. I just absolutely love it. I've got hoverboards. Got light up trend, etc., etc., etc. And I'm, obviously, whenever I go to America, I try and pick up the toys and stuff that aren't released in the UK. So I spent a lot of money trying to collect stuff when I travel. So this time last year, not only did they announce the musical was finally coming, but they announced it would premiere in of all places, our hometown of Manchester. So just why why Manchester? Well, I I think it's because although it's not it doesn't I've not heard it affiliate to it. We every year we have our international festival. So in the past five or so years, we've hosted international events. Uh, obviously for the International Festival, but like that have quite big names. So I think the Ghost musical had its premiere here. Damon Alburn did a musical with the Chinese theatre that premiered here. Um, Alicia Keys did a gig in Manchester Cathedral. So unique stuff. So there's, we do do those international things. And also what I think they wanted to do is, well, in the, if you're going to run like a big theatre production, there's two places you do it in the world. It's like the London West End and then, the, the and New York, but what has been happening the last few years is that Manchester has become a, a kind of like a test ground for big productions. So as I said like they did um, Ghost of Musical here. They've done other shows. So I think they saw probably a gap in the schedule and the fact that other musicals based on films had opened in Manchester and it was really good. It's like a it's like a good like two month run. To, to change things, tweak things, sort things out, give the staff, give the actors the confidence, and then then hit the West End, really. Yeah. So yeah. I I think that's why. But obviously, I just let's say I just had to change my pants a number of times. I could not believe that your this, best film of all this, time this, this comes glo- to well, Manchester. 
it's a global phenomenon. The franchise is one of the most loved in the world forever, right? I know you've got these Star Wars and you've got Indiana Jones and stuff like that, and even the Matrix, but just, 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 it's, it just it just transcends generations. People young and old love it. And just, to, just to add, though, because you, you know a lot more about it than me, though, who actually owns the rights for this? Because Steven Spielberg did the film so with his company, wasn't it? It's Amblin produced it. I think it was yeah. that was Amblin. So well, Spielberg helped produce it. So part of his production company, Robert Zemeckis, Bob Gelt own it. Oh, they but own it. They oh, own wow. it. But 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 as so they own the rights to the characters and stuff. So that nothing gets done produced without their blessing. Okay, and uh, we mentioned on the Mannequin podcast yeah. how Bob Gelt his his whole life is back to the future. He hasn't done anything else. He's committed to it. Right, um, but Universal Studios owns the movies. Right. Yeah. So Universal could go to if they wanted to make a fourth film, they would have to go to Bob and Bob to ask them, and they just say no. I think so. They own. I don't. I don't know the specifics, but they kind of own the copyright to it. So if Universal want to do anything, they have to clear it with them to a degree. And similarly, the production is is it's a Universal film, so it's it's in collaboration with Universal. Universal doesn't feature in the musical, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so Robert Zemeckis and Bob Gale pretty much own it. And Robert Zemeckis, if you didn't know who he was, also directed Forrest Gump, uh, Polar Express, um, Jewel of the Nile. I think it was. He's, you know, he's he's whatever um, he puts his hand to. He's a bloody he's, hit. He's one of the best directors ever. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. So, uh, yeah, they've decided. They decided they wanted to do it in Manchester last year. They announced it. Uh, I lost my head and went and bought a ticket for me and my wife for opening night thinking was it extortionate the ticket or was it reasonable for what use it I paid so uh, I paid I got second row because I figured oh there might be some celebs here and they might yeah. be in the front row so um, so I bought second row opening night smack bang in the middle they were I think 60 quid each Oh, that is nothing. You pay that in London just for right up in the heavens. Yeah, so they they were the most expensive tickets. That was opening night. Um, I just want to point out there is some idiot who's done a YouTube review of the musical and paid ninety quid for tickets in the clouds and just whinged all the way through his review about how ridiculous the cost was for the show. Um, I don't know, and and the, and the length of the show. He's so, more likely bought them off Ticketmaster or some so I think, or, I, or I some rather rip-off site. He's, 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 yeah, he's bought them off SeatGeek or something because yeah. he's cause he's probably missed it because he's in Manchester and he's a southerner. So he's pissed off about that. He's pissed off he's probably had to travel up to the north to watch it. And um, the reason why he, he complains about getting out at 20 to 11 at night, and the reason why is because the show started half an hour late because they're still rehearsing. Um there was a 20 minute yeah but you're going, to see a pre- you're going to see a premiere that happens it's, it's I've, been to, night. I've yeah. been to premieres before even gigs when it's the first gigs I remember seeing uh, Radiohead and it was the first one they did and it, it was a tryout one at yeah. the Apollo in Manchester and they didn't appear on stage for about 40 minutes afterwards but to begin with yeah. a lot of people do it you expect that yeah absolutely so this so me talk about this now I'm gonna although it's biased because I'm a fan. I will be realistic in some of the stuff I say as well. So I think it's quite a, a level-headed um, review. And if you see this YouTube video, the guy's a shock jock anyway. He's just been a, he's just been a dick. To be honest. It's just playing devil's advocate, by so just yeah. to get the uh, clickbaits. Yeah, that, that's it. That's that's all he's after. Uh, yeah. So I got my tickets, and then a year passed, and it opened. What was it about three weeks ago now? Two and a half weeks ago. Tell tell me tell me that. Uh, trepidation tell me that fear you had just pulling up to man to the was it the palace it was it's at the palace the theater yeah so, it's not tell the... me just at that point because being a huge fan what was you expecting the crowd to be like as well the dynamics so with it being open night i thought it would be like a comic con um yeah and it was so there was lots of people dressed up lots of super super fans people have traveled from all over the world um to get there wow. um I expected. I, was, I thought, is there going to be a bit of a red carpet? Are people going to because it's like pro, like opening night. Um, yeah, yeah. But I think they're classing this run as still. I can't remember the terminology, but I think it's still classed as a, a like a, a test run. Um, and so the press, the typical press show, I don't think will happen either till the end of this run, 
or when it opens at the West End. So if you Google Back to the Future Musical reviews, you'll only see bloggers' reviews. You won't see critical critic reviews. I don't think. I think the Times might have done one, but it's behind a paywall, so I've not read it. Oh, well, that's good. That's that's because they're probably, like you said, making sure everything's tight, clean. Yeah, the, yeah, the, big... exactly. Although I say saying that, you do see so some some play opened recently in the West End opening night and they reviewed it. So I, I don't know. I don't know whether it's part of me thinks it's the North South divide and all the critics are down south and they're being like snobby about it. I don't know. I don't know. Don't know the details. But they missed out. Is all I'm saying. So. Um, so yeah, it was interesting. I didn't know what to wear. I wasn't sure. Oh, do I dress up? Do I not? Do I wear smart? I really didn't know what to do. So I, I, I dressed kind of smart cash. And we were really early. Like the the performance wasn't due to start till seven thirty, and we were literally on the road where it is at six o'clock. And I said to my wife, like, well, ideally we want to go in at six thirty. Give us an hour, then you know, because Bob Have Gale. Yeah, Bob Gale, Robert Zemeckis, and Alan Silvestri, who did the music for the original film, which is some of the most iconic music ever. He also helped compose the score and the songs Ooh. in this. Yeah. Um, they'd been in Manchester a lot in the build-up to this. Christopher Lloyd, who obviously is dark, had been in Manchester an awful lot as well in the last six months. So I thought, surely they're going to be there. And they might be hanging about. I might get to meet them. Yeah. Um, uh, so it got to six o'clock on and I could see people milling about. I was like, well, let's just walk down to the theatre. And what they've done on the posters outside, they put, there's obviously the promotional posters, but they put posters relevant to the, the film slash musical. So there was a poster to advertise the enchantment under the sea dance. Those posters to ad- advertise. No. Yeah, those posters to ad- advertise the, the estate that he lives on in the, that's getting oh, built in now. So, so, cool. so I've got pictures. So that's, that's, yeah, that's really cool. I'll send you those pictures if you, so you can yeah, put it on, yeah. put it on, put it on your, your Twitter account and share it. Um, and then we poked our nose in because uh, at six o'clock they'd open the doors and it was <laughs> it was already full. Joking? No. Did you no. ask how long some of the people had turned up? They'd no, I didn't. Most of the day. I, I didn't. Um, some people smelt because <laughs> look, you know, honestly, some geeks smell. They do. If you've ever, been, I mean, if you've ever been to a comic con, people love it so much they forget to wash like anything. So. T- so in all honesty some people did stink <laughs> and, and and we're like oh god they need to have a wash anyway um so uh, uh we went in uh, so i thought i can't I, I could see the merch stalls uh, and i was like oh let's go and buy some uh, they hadn't opened yet uh so they'll just a pack load of people and then uh i think granada news or bbc news were there and oh, they, yeah, were getting, yeah. they, were, they were preparing to film something so um, there's a picture of me in the background of the news. <laughs> so we were just hanging out there and there was just massive queues forming at the merch stand. So there's two, there's two entrances into the theatre. Uh, so if you're facing the there's an entrance to the right and an entrance to the left. Um, the main merch stand was on the right-hand side when you went into the right entrance, right? Yeah. I went to the left uh, and walked to that merch stand that was on the right, okay? So if you're facing that merch stand, there was a queue... That from the merch stand that went out of the right hand side door and up the street. No. That, that was the queue for the merch stand. I ignored that queue completely and just went and started my own queue on the left hand side. <laughs> and, you, and my wife was just like, just wait there, just wait there. So I stood there and she went and kind of tried to find a seat. And while she was trying to find a seat, um, the staff were giving out little tiny pin badges um, that said uh, Manchester's first time traveller with the oh, so when nice. when the, when back to the future of the movie very first movie opened everyone who went to the premiere got a pin badge that said you know the world's first back to the future time traveler so oh they'd they'd replicated that for the for the opening night of the theater and i don't know if they've done it for other nights during the run i don't know whether they'll do it for the west end i, I don't know but oh, um, i hope not i hope not i, I hope, I this hope is not. just it I hope that's it. So I, I uh, so she grabbed me one, and I went and grabbed another four. So I've got five. Um, <laughs> Have you had a look on eBay? I've had some books. I had, do you know what? Already. I haven't. I haven't actually. There's always I know someone. Someone was selling the program for like a hundred quid, I think. Um, but I've, I've not had a look. I've not had a look because I don't know if you can buy the merch if you haven't got a ticket. Can you just go in and buy? Them? I don't know. 
I honestly don't know. Uh, you can't get through the doors now because of all the security in Manchester. You couldn't get through the front right. doors. So they're really strict. Yeah. Yeah. So you have to buy a ticket. Um. Uh. So th- th- it was. It was. Oh, yeah. It was jam packed. Lots of pushing and lots of accents. Lots of people dressed up. Oh, uh, some good ones. Yeah, some really good ones actually. Um, some and, and, and bad I said, ones as well. Pe- oh, bad. So people have travelled all over the world. Literally, there was Americans, Dutch, French, Germans. Wow. Yeah, honestly, it was a big geek fest. Um, and then they started recording. So Bob Gale arrived, and they started recording the news with him. He was getting interviewed. When he arrived, everyone was a big cheer. How close was he? Um, probably about three metres away. Sniffing distance. Sniff. Well, there was a stench, <laughs> so I probably couldn't have, You know, he could have had the most beautiful aftershave. I don't know. I would not have smelled it. Um... Uh, and then when he'd finished that, he went outside and a new queue formed to have pictures taken with him. Oh, no. But, which I completely missed because I was in a bloody do my own queue at the merch stand. I just didn't know he'd done it. I just did not know he'd done it. Uh, so unlike the, the internet forums and stuff, you can see pictures of where people have met him. Incidentally, he's been, in my, he's been at every show since it started. Oh wow! He's going to ev- he's going to ev- living in Manchester. Then? I genuinely, I think they they must have put him up. I don't know how I, unless it obviously for the first few weeks it's his baby, so he's here to to watch it. But um, yeah. I regularly see pic- so he's got more comfortable with it. So now he sits in the bar before the show. No <laughs> this is this is like the creator of Back to the Future. And have you not thought of getting another ticket just to go? So funny if we are planning to go again because because uh, well here's the first few. It was amazing, right? Um, so uh, uh, they, they, they finally opened the merch stand. Um, it blessed this guy. He he literally rocked up. He was like, right, what are the prices? He didn't know what the prices were. It was a bit unorganised, opening night and everything. But the merch, there was so much. There was like five or six T-shirts, three hoodies, and then probably about 10 or 15 little knickknacks, like key did rings it, did and it stuff. Did say... Um, any Manchester reference to it because that will distinguish it between between that merchandise and the and the shit what you'll get in London and everywhere else. You know what I mean? Um, a couple of things like I've got a fridge magnet that says it. I think I think so. Just a couple, not a lot because obviously they they bulk, just to see bulk, which bulk which it. one's the bulk stuff and which yeah. one's the limited to just this opening. Now yeah, as well. uh, I can't remember. It's a good good shout. I'll have to double check. So, but the guy who ended up being the, on the tilt, you could see the fear in his eyes mm-hmm. when he had hundreds of people queuing up for merch. Or I'd never. I mean, I've been to the theatre a lot. I've never seen people queue more than three like more than three people for merch. And this was out the door and up the street, right? I bless him. Wow. He had the thickest glasses you've ever seen. <laughs> Honestly, I felt so sorry for him. He had to think, and he, um, I, I don't know what the correct phrase was, but I think he was, um, he had some disabilities, and he was trying to look at the price. So he had, it was, it was printed on like a laminate in the stand, and weirdly, he took his big thick rim glasses off, held the price list about a millimeter from his eyes to read it. <laughs> and I was oh, like, this, really? I, this I'm not kidding. And if, and if anyone else who was at the show. Listeners, they'll, 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 I was like, what are the glasses for? But they were like jam jars. That's, I mean, and, and, and like when he did it, everyone just, everyone in the, the queue would just like look at each other going, what? That's, bless him. But you know what? He cracked on, he did it, he did a great job. So he had this big queue, and then there was me. So someone got served in front, kind of to the side of me, and then he was like, oh, next. And I went, uh, yes, please. So I just completely jumped the queue of like 100 people. Got to, you've got, you got to push in got, these days. I know. You've got to push in. I got in. I, otherwise, I wouldn't have been even in the bloody theatre. Yeah. And but So a couple, of, a couple of people had got served ahead of me. And they're like, oh, can I have the T-shirt and uh, the key ring? Oh, can I have the pen? And I went, uh, yeah, can I have one of everything, please? No. Yeah. Did you? <laughs> Big time money bags. We're just going, not even bothered about the price. Give me one of everything. Sorry, I was nearly going to say two of everything, but I thought I, I got I lost, I lost my nerve to say two of everything. I didn't, but I was like, because I didn't want to look like a twat, to be honest. Um, but I didn't yeah, want the clothing. I didn't want so the clothing. I think as much. I didn't want. That. I'm not really that bothered about the clothing because there's so much Back to the Future clothing merch that you can buy from. Yeah. You can Primark, Savvy, T-shirts, the dodgy one here. So I just don't see them as that official merch. So I'm not really bothered about it. So I was like, yeah, one of everything, and and they're like, oh right, uh, uh. and actually one of the things that they're selling was a tote bag, and I went, oh, you might as well put it all in the tote bag. 
Um, yeah, so I bought, uh, bought everything. The people in the queue were like, oh, he's got one of everything, he's got one of everything. But I just thought, well, it wasn't that. He looks like second. Martin McFly. <laughs> Martin McFly. I don't think he's ever been called Martin McFly. <laughs> um, uh, but I, thought, I just figured everyone would be doing it. These are all like mega fans. Why aren't you buying one of everything? Of course, it, you know, money, obviously. Um, so I, on, you? Yeah, and it, yeah, and it did come to about 70 quid. So I kind of sheepishly went, thank you. Yeah, kind of to went, be honest, you've just spent only 60 quid on a ticket. And those listening, tickets in the UK, go to a gig, you're looking at 100 plus. Easy. In some cases... Uh, in go to a London Broadway show if it's yeah. in your stores you're looking at 200 plus yeah. so he spent 60 quid to go in to see, uh, sit on the stores I'd spend that 70 quid easy and do you know what this is this is like a once this is a once in once a lifetime, lifetime thing the thing that you love that is an American like a foreign property they have a premiere with like in, in your home effing town of course I'm going to buy everything <laughs> I'm sorry not only buy everything I'll be trying to nick stuff <laughs> Well, had to be getting those like four or five of those badges. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, and then it was just literally a waiting game, and I, 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 there wasn't there wasn't a red carpet. No, nobody was in like the bar. No celebrities. I did, you know, Keith Lemon, who in the UK is is kind of like a famous celebrity. He he's famously famous for being a big Back to the Future fan. He wasn't there. Um, I didn't see it. Was it was just a geek fest, to be quite honest. Um, and then they started half an hour late. So it's just half seven. Uh, they let us in at about ten to eight. In fact, it probably started a little bit later. Um, so that's it. We're, we're in, and you walk in because you know what a theatre looks like, right? Yeah. And you see the stage where they had the screen down, and the screen was like a digital screen. So they were projecting uh, stuff on it, and it, and it was like, um, and it was um, all blue. And I'll send you the pictures again. It had like uh, wiring flicking around on the screen, and it said "Countdown to the Future, uh, Manchester," and it had this countdown timer on it. And they'd built stuff. Do you know where usually the raw boxes are? They'd built the, yeah. the, the stage set that covered those with like blue wiring and stuff like that. So it was like like um, circuit boards and things. Oh, so it was quite expansive. I know you could. It was like like computer noises going off. And I was like, wow, wow, wow. Really wanted to immerse you into it. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, and so I was looking at taking pictures and stuff. And I turned around and Alan Silvestri is stood up in the middle of the chairs, like about seven rows behind me. He just he just rocked up and was just going to sit down there. Alan Silvestri, you know, the composer who still makes, like, mega movies. He, he, sat, he sat with the norms. <laughs> he sat with the, the stinky geeks, right? Um, oh, did, did people was going up to him getting autographs? Yeah, or just leave suddenly, suddenly there was a massive queue, um, and so the, the ushers had to come in and like, oh, Mr. Sylvester, no, 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 Mr. Sylvester, <laughs> you're not sat here today. <clears throat> so what's happened is that, from what I've heard of other people going to the show since, Bob, Gail, and Rob, uh, and Alan Sylvester, they sit with the the people in the middle of the theatre. They just sit there normally, but because it was opening night, I think they'd been pulled away to have maybe some kind of special viewing or something. So, so so it's a good chance if you go again, you'll sit next to one of them. It, possibly. I, I, if I was them, and you'd go for the first like three weeks at least, wouldn't you? Just to make sure everything's like, fine. But you're yeah. not going to sit in every show. You killed yourself. You know what? But like you said, this, this is their baby though, isn't it? This is their gem. Mm. And mm. I suppose it's not watching the show it's the people's reaction they're going for exactly exactly um yeah so they moved away so yeah apparently you know if you, if you can get tickets there's still tickets available um because you because obviously it's not london we don't have the tourists here um uh yeah it, there's a good chance so as i said i've seen people having a drink with bob gale in the bar uh, like before the show wow. and other, other people because the fans of like the core fans have seen it now when you're just getting the double people who love the film don't know who Bob Gale is so he's <laughs> the people are missing him <laughs> which is hilarious so people are walking into the bar and he's just stood there having a drink no possibly one knows I possibly I, I don't know the full details I, that's, <laughs> that's how I'm imagining it because not everyone knows who he is do you know what I mean like, do you mean like my wife would go to the show not knowing who he is but loving the film do you know what I mean so there's going to be plenty of people like that I still um, can't believe he took her and not me uh, 
sorry. Some, something about a divorce or whatever, whatever. Yeah, whatever. whatever. <laughs> um, but so the people who go, yeah, I said it was everyone, everyone there were huge fans. So obviously over the night, it's just going to, they're going to bring the house down because they love the thing so much. Um, you know, if it, if it, was, if it had been shit, I th- still think you probably would have cheered, but you know, thankfully it wasn't. Um, I said a lot of people in fancy dress, a lot of people with memory, a lot of people carry memorabilia to get excited. So bless it. I don't know who it was. Some guy had, uh, like a box file, Joe. Box, yeah, yeah, box. Yeah. So he brought a box file, and it, and then when everyone was queuing up and it's all busy in the uh, the foyer bit, he'd open it up to obviously try and get something out, and inside it was just loads of like paper memorabilia, like photographs, papers, possibly scripts, and he bloody dropped it. <laughs> <laughs> it oh, went everywhere. You're pitching a perfect picture. You got some proper. Geeked out guy with big flaming milk bottle glasses trying to do the merch. You've got real geeks stinking. You've got people there dropping full paperwork of stuff they collected since the 80s. Yeah. It was nice. funny. It was funny. It was, it was, it was like, it's it was like a... an office sketch, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, right, so, so to the show then. Um, yeah. And I just, I'll, talk, I'll talk you through the, the, opening, the opening scenes. Um, so the lights start going down, everyone starts getting really excited, and the, the, the computer noises go, and everyone's already like wolf whistling, buzzing, cheering, yeah. buzzing, and you just get that tingle. So and then if they'll sound it, you just heard, which is no. like the opening of the yeah, film, yeah, yeah. and everyone just, everyone, it, you just, everyone's hairs just kind of go up on end because it's this is it. I'm like, How are they going to do it? This How is the musical. Um, and the curtains pass, and it's the set, the scene, the set was. Um, uh, Doc's room, Doc's kind of um, clock room, Joe at the beginning yeah, of the film. All the clocks, yeah. Yeah. And then Marty comes in and he's going, Dark, Dark, shout, and everyone's cheering because the guy who plays him looks like him, does a great, sounds like him, same height. He's he's absolutely brilliant. And and all of the cast, right, are fucking ace. And what it is is that they kind of, they're half themselves but and acting, but they're doing kind of like half an impression yeah, of the yeah. characters, right? And that's why I can understand it's hard to do a musical of a film. Because if you went to, if I went to watch Ghost the Musical, right, are the actors going to do... Um, Patrick Swayze. Pa- are they going to do Patrick yeah. Swayze and Demi Moore impressions and Whoopi Goldberg impressions? I don't think they are. I think they'll just own the characters and be themselves with an American accent. But Back to the Future is so synonymous so iconic and iconic that you couldn't you couldn't have George McFly going oh I'm George McFly he's got to look like him and he's got to he has to it's that iconic um, and it's great so Marty you know it's perfect casting perfect casting uh, Doc is the guy he's probably the most well known person in, uh, in the media who's in the musical he's been in a few things he's in episodes he's been, he's been in quite a few TV shows and films he's American and when he makes his first appearance, um, which I'll come to, it, you know, everyone loses the shit because it's so good. Um, but he, it, he's, he's probably, he doesn't try his best to sound like Doc, but his, his idioms are, so it works. But the, the one that literally, literally brought the house down was George McFly. So the first, really? the first time you see, the first scene he's in is, um, uh, when Marty goes home and in the movie, it's when he's, you know, when he's, he's trying to watch TV and, and Biff, you get introduced to Biff, and Biff saying, "You know, where's his reports?" So the scene opens, and and the catch of the fly got his kind of his back to the crowd, and I can't remember the exact line, but he, he's something like, uh, "Yeah, yeah, yes, yes, Biff," and he, he delivers it, literally word for word, vocal to vocal, perfect uh, impression of George McFly for the movie. It's absolutely pinpoint to the point where when he opens his eyes, he's like. Oh yes, it did. It sounds like the crowd went mental. Honestly, everyone just just went, yeah. people shouting, going wow, wow, and everyone's just started applauding and cheering for well, about. Well, that will make that will make the actor perform. Oh my god! Better, oh my god! And it it, it? it it went on for like two to three minutes. People just couldn't. Wow. And let the guy, you could act where I was slightly angled. I could see him kind of like waiting for his next line. I, I don't think he expected it. I don't think he expected the crowd to go as they went fucking mental like Beyonce just stepped in. Obviously not, imagine, not to have imagine how infused he would feel though. Oh, yeah. That's why I love theatre because whatever you're doing there, if it's a comedy, if it's a laughter, if it's something that you need that audience with you. Totally. To, totally. 
So um, yeah, that 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 was just amazing, and Lorraine was great. That all of the cast looked great, but it was the George McFly completely brought the house down. It was it was like so. My, my wife likes the film. She's not she's not like a uber fan. She 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 likes the films, but even she, the, she was grinning ear to ear. She was like, I can't believe it, can't believe it. Um, it, I kind of get, I, I kind of well up thinking about it because it was that amazing, especially that that bit. Um, so yeah, the, the the cast were just fantastic. Um, his entrance was great, my entrance was great. Um, the the DeLorean does make an appearance. It's how obviously that's one thing. Everyone on the news, everyone's saying how they do it. it yeah, how so. <sighs> how to avoid spoilers right it's not a full-blown delorean okay right. it's not it's not a delorean car the reason being is that it needs to fit the stage so on stage things are shrunk and the car the car would be too big for the stage no matter yeah. what stage any stage in the world <clears throat> um and also the car needs to move and you can't drive a car on a stage right not at 88 miles an hour no, well, you can't even back it up because you know it's too, it's too dangerous. And also, the DeLorean famously made of fucking steel and it's like the heaviest car ever made. <laughs> <laughs> so what I will say, the way it works is, if you've seen the Chitty Chitty Bang Bang show, their car is in it and moves, and that's because it's attached to a hidden mechanical arm, and that is how they've done it in Back to the Future the musical. But the way they move it is fantastic so the way it makes that just dump back out of the van it took everyone by surprise so uh, as per the film Marty is at Twin Pines Mall and he's like yeah. looking around uh, and he's kind of halfway through a line and suddenly there's a massive bang big flashlight loads of smoke suddenly hit the stage everyone around us just shit their pants and the car I don't know how they did it with this it was very obviously with a mechanical arm but it skids onto the stage it just skids onto the stage and as it does that, Doc jumps out at the same time going, Marty! So those things suddenly happening all at once. Again, everyone just went, what? Everyone just lost their mind at that. And you can't tell that the, the DeLorean's not the real, a real DeLorean because it's on stage, it just, it just looks perfect. So the way it enters is, is amazing. Um, the way they recreate the 88 miles per hour is quite clever. So they make the car, they make the wheels spin. And they move it from side to side, like they move, but you have a side on view and a front on view, and it moves around. And what they've done is, is front and rear projection, it's called. So a thin curtain goes down the front, okay, and they project onto that, and they project onto a thin curtain at the back of the stage as well. So when he's getting up, give, gathering up speed, uh, projects on the back would be trees and roads and buildings flashing by like a, like a, like a oh, like right. special effects, like a, like a film yeah. was playing. And then what they projected on the front was like the speedometer slowly reaching 88 and then it would go down and that that front image would would disappear and then the car would like skid around do a do a 180 degrees with marty driving it yeah and the background oh, image so would change cracking idea. and so they've done it with so they've mixed visual effects with really clever it, what it reminds me of is some of the uh theme park attractions like at orlando yeah, not yeah. The, not the current modern ones which use like VR and like real 3D visual Some effects. The, and, and it's similar we described it is to the remember like the old 1950s films where you could see them in a car and you know outside is more or less moving but the car's not moving. The way they used to the way they used to film a car they still do moving. It. They still do that. Well, yeah. they still do, they still do that, do that but, but now they, they put the car on a trailer and they can move the car along the road a lot of the time. But the old time was it was in a studio. No, they still. You know they I mean? still. I tell you that they still do it in the studio. Wow. They they can well, bend the, the bend the projection screen, so yeah. they, so it, so it's about three hundred degrees. Um, but the the way to tell, generally, is that when you no matter what time of day when you drive a car, lights through the window pass through over onto your face. Yeah? yeah. So when they're filming in the studio, they don't always recreate that. And the camera angles, the camera never moves and the camera angles look too pristine. So they yeah. mostly do it in TV shows. So in movies where they actually filmed in the filmed them in the car, take the Bourne identity, for example, famous for that mini chase sequence. You know, it, you can yeah. you can see the light passing over his eyes. The camera's really close to his face because, of course, the camera's going to be close to his face because it's inside the car. So they still do it. Um, 
yeah so the visual effects that's how they make the uh the delorean move um plot wise it's it's it, the sa- same as <coughs> it's, a, it's the same as movie but they made some allowances because some things can do so um you know 60 second spoiler alert it's, it's not a big one but you know if you're not interested skip for 60 seconds um uh there's no i can't remember what the baddies are called um I don't want to say because I'll get it wrong. I get the night there. I get the nation wrong. Is it Palestinians or something? I can't remember. Um, they're not. I af- think it is supposed. Yeah. They're they're not the ones who shoot and kill him. What happens is that Doc gets plutonium poisoning from the plutonium, and he dies from that at the start. No way. Yeah. Um, Einstein's not in it. The car is doesn't um, uh, doesn't take like plutonium. Oh, it doesn't take plutonium. But the car. Um, is voice activated so and only responds to Doc's voice which is used as a running joke throughout the show so Marty's trying to get stuff done and he's like car start he goes I can't start because I don't know your voice so it's it, it, it does not play the lot but that's it it's, it, it's, it's voice um, automated it's just, and it only knows Doc's voice which is quite a cool feature um, some sequences and scenes are um joined together so there's no skateboarding chase around hill valley square because you can't do it so what they do they merge that scene and the scene where in the cafeteria where biff and marty face each other oh yeah they have a bit of yeah, yeah they combine that so what's happening is lorraine is having her lunch and that's where marty tells his dad george to go and speak to her and he goes over to says are oh, you're my density so he does that in the cafeteria rather in the coffee in the the cafe um, and then that's when Biff chases him around the school. So they recreate the school. So you've got the cafeteria and the lockers and the chase. And that's why they have their fight chasing around that. And instead of obviously Biff falling into um, the Palaminor, he falls into a dirty laundry basket. So there's only, it's only little twists and turns here and there. Yeah, it? it's it's like it's like 90, well, they, they, 95%. They had to do it. Yeah. They've got to do it on a small area rather than a big production, haven't they? Yeah, but they it hits all the... All the same comedy notes are there. So all the jokes from the original are there. But then they've added new ones as well. And they actually they play on them. So what runs through all three films is, is, the, is, the, is the joke where Doc builds um, a set to show how things are going to work. So in the, oh, yeah. And he, he reveals, like, he's built this little hill valley. <coughs> he always says, it's not, it's not to scale. Yeah, it's not to scale, it's not to scale. <laughs> so there's a bit in the, in the 1950s where... They think about how to do it, and and it's like it's the same scene from the start of the the show because it's so it's Doc's cabin with all the clocks and stuff, and he's got a, he's got a blackboard up with like equations on, and it's like now Marty Marty I've uh, I've got an idea and then you know uh, but it's it's and he kind of gives her like a knowing look to the audience because it it's not to scale and he flips the blackboard over and the other side of the blackboard is this amazing to scales <laughs> they're kind of like miniature set and it's hilarious and everyone because you know the joke's coming. But they know you know the jokes. It's called dramatic irony. It's it's absolutely yeah. brilliant. Um, but generally, the show is it's really funny. Like it's it's yes, you've heard the jokes before from the film, but there's loads of new folks. It's, it's genuinely really really funny. Like really funny, and the, the old jokes just feel fresh again for some reason. I don't know why, but it was just um, maybe because of the delivery of it, and because you're expecting it. It's like they're they're doing it live you know what i mean like yeah. you said like a nod to you but one thing i wanted to ask was how do you interlace the music within the within this musical you know yeah. turn from a film without spoiling the actual film because you know when you, you get some films you get turned into a musical and it's just throwing music in just for the fun of it do you know what um it felt i don't i need to watch it again um it felt very seamless so you've got the orchestra who do the score so the Back yeah. to the Future score, like... Oh, well, there's a one main theme song that runs through a lot of it, which borrows that motif. So there's a main theme yeah. song that, that follows the kind of theme of that, and that's because of, obviously, Alan Silvestri, who, was, who wrote the songs. He wrote the songs for the musical. You know, this is a proper... Wow. They haven't just outsourced this. They've owned it and made it. Um, but on the songs, all I would say is... They're not catchy. Like I did, we didn't come away. Not that, not that I've ever come away from the theatre, like humming the songs, the the, the original, the, the new music. I don't, I've, yeah. I don't think I've ever come away. I, 
I remember watching Wicked and thinking these songs were catchy, but I can't remember them now. Um, and I didn't come away from that thinking, oh, that that was really catchy. But they're, they're just solid musical numbers, is what I'm going to say. Um, and are they all original pieces? That they did it? Did it like use like some modern songs or the, so songs off the time? There's, there's um, three main songs from the movie, right? There's um, is there three main? So there's four main songs. Sorry, there's the t- Huey Louie and the whatever two songs, yeah. Back in Time and Power of Love. So he performs them in the show because because. Awesome. Uh, so um, and can the guy sing as well? Yeah, oh yeah, totally. Well, he's, yeah, absolutely. He's a, that's his oh, wow. that's his job. So that so although only one of them is performed in the film, both are performed in this one at the start in the gym, like you expect, and the other one at the end of the film. I think that I think the, end, the last one is the the power of love. So he performs yeah. that, um, and the reason why he performs it is because in the in the new future, um, uh, his girlfriend has an uncle in LA called Huey who had heard about his band and wanted to come and see him. No. Yeah, nice, nice, nice segue. Um, <laughs> and then obviously, um, Earth Angels pe- uh, performed properly, uh, and then J- Johnny B. Goods performed as well. So those two are performed in the show, and obviously Johnny B. Good is is just spot on from the film. You know, he, he turns it into a Van Halen version, <clears throat> and it's just absolutely brilliant. It's so funny. It's still really funny. It's probably funnier than when you watch the film seeing him jumping around and doing it so they're the ones from the film that the, the core kind of pop music songs and and what it is is just like every few minutes that they they turn famous scenes into the songs i mean that's how musical work yeah um so for example when he wakes up in his mum's bed after getting hit by the car that becomes a song so it starts like ah right so, so it moves it moves along the narrative by using yes, the musicals totally. within, it, that's better that's how it I was yeah I, I was I was fearing that they might just yeah. drop music in it so he wakes up and it's quite dark and you, and the rain's going oh, you're safe and sound now 1955 and then then the lights come up a bit more Mike Jones goes 1955 um and then it turns into and it turns into a song so he's lying in bed there's a window above his bed and then he's like two three pairs of hands pop out through the curtains and pull the curtains aside and it's like and it's three like um i can't remember like the three degrees or um like uh 1950s motown like a oh, trio yeah. it, they're like that because obviously from like 50, 50, 1955 and they sing a song and the song is about um her the rain chasing marty thinking he's called calvin klein he's wearing the pink calvin klein boxes by the way um <laughs> And so there's a song about her, 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 her kind of fancied him, which moves narrative, and it, it's really, it's really, it's really funny. The only song, and again, this is a bit of a spoiler. The only song that's not that doesn't move the narrative forward is after the interval, um, to get you back into it with a bang. It's like a dance record, like a modern day, um, and it's dark in what looks like, I don't know, a Star Wars spaceship, and loads of silver clad, um women doing the time what? doing the time warp and it's mental and you're like what the fuck is going on it's going all crazy <laughs> and it's like this big crescendo and then you just hear dark 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 and the camp and they're like the, the set spins round without you realized it and he's having a dream no <laughs> what a little dream sequence they put this mental ass but everyone was just everyone was just pacing themselves going what the fuck is that was a name that was so funny and that's the only real time <laughs> that it diverts from anything, but it's because it comes in after the interval and it hits you with a bang. It was like their, that was their opportunity to have a bit of fun. Yeah, and a perfect time. And it's like, and Doc's like, oh, I had, this, I had the strangest dream, Marty. Because Joe, you know, he says that in the film, I had the, strange, I had the strangest dream. Now, oh, yeah. So they actually, so they're, they're bringing to life stuff that's referred to in the film, I had the strangest dream. I was, I was, I was in the future. And <laughs> it's absolutely, it's absolutely brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. Um, yeah, and then so obviously that runs through, and then they, they the way they recreate the uh, the final scenes with in 1955 where the lightning strikes and the car hit 88 miles per hour and dock. Yeah, climbing up climb, to get the clock and it, stuff like that. It's, again, they do it really cleverly. They do it with the the projection and the spinning sets. They spin the set around literally every 30 seconds, so they'll project. So there'll be some steps that you can't see that he he that dock runs up, but on the front of the projection is the side of the clock tower so it looks like he's climbing oh, up the right. clock tower and then he does it again so they so they mix in the projection with the sets that he's climbing up or down and hanging down so they do it quite close but i mean it was it wasn't seamless with it being the first time on opening night so there's a bit where he's trying to run up the steps 
and the steps yeah. were out of sync. They hadn't appeared, so everyone laughed. But it just added to it. Do you know what I mean? It just you, you, you again. It was like kind of dramatic. Harry saying he probably knows he's not into the steps. And he's just kind of running, uh, but it was fun and because it because it's playing to the hardcore fans. <coughs> I think they're more. I think they're going to be more forgiving. Oh, totally. You know, they would like you said. They would have just watched paint dry, knowing that they're yeah. in company of people yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, uh, and then obviously you got the that's the, like the big se- sequence, and then um, again the, the third and hopefully final spoiler, the very last scene in the movie, which is. My, you need to go to the future. There's something wrong with your kids. Did he have that in as well? All I'm saying is that they had that in. And, no, and... I thought they might not have that in because they don't want to say to people we're doing another. So they won't. They won't do another musical. They won't do a Back to the Future two musical. But that that last that last scene, if you can remember it. Um, yeah. Let's just say. I, I people were. I've said this three times, but that that was the biggest moment in the whole show where people lost their shit like grown men crying behind me it was like being at a gig even i said even my wife was just going fucking hell <laughs> no, I'm not, i don't want to oversell it it's not like the thing you've never seen before in your life but yeah, they yeah. they do it justice they do it really well put it that way they do it really well and it's like it's just a, it's just an amazing crescendo and oh you know at open night you get swept away with the enthusiasm and energy from everyone so you know yeah. if you're not you know if you're not an uber fan and you watch it a matinee on a saturday you, you, it won't be as raucous but you will still you know you know what to expect but you don't know if they're actually going to do it um so that's all i'm going to say on that on what um like was there any talk afterwards or did the, did the cast come out and bow and stuff like that yeah of course yeah there's plenty of pictures on the internet fan. I've, I've got some I'll share with you so obviously they came out one by one um, to a big like the, the set changed it was Marty and the Pinheads which is the name of the band um, that yeah. is it um, and obviously everyone's just there someone someone I remember seeing someone in the lobby with a bouquet of red roses and I was like oh you know we've got a date no she brought them to throw at the cast at the end so that, that, got, that got thrown on at the end and I just, I was really gutted. If I go again, I might, what I might do is might try and find a pair of pink Calvin Klein boxer shorts and throw them. Oh, and throw them. Yes. I, just, I think that'd be so funny to do that. So if yes, anyone is listening, let me go and do it because I think that'd be a really funny thing to do. Or was it standard ovation? Oh yeah. Oh oh yeah. For at least five minutes. Wow. Oh, it went it, it went on and then when it ended, people were like oh, like people didn't know what to do with themselves, so everyone just kind of went out. But then it was packed outside. There was a big crowd of people outside the stage door. A massive, really? yeah, a huge crowd. Well, of hoping to hoping to get some autographs. Or I, I think they wanted maybe the cast, maybe Bob Gale, Alan Silvestri. I don't know, um, yeah. but because it started half an hour late, there's still twenty minutes. It, it it did. We got out at twenty to eleven, which is quite late. But that's because yeah, yeah. that's because of the delays, and we were like, yeah, we actually need to get get a train, and it was you know the first week in February or second week, so we were freezing our it's tits freezing, off. Yeah. yeah. Uh, do you know what? Had I been had I gone to on my own, which I would have done, I probably would have hung about. But you know, I, that's just because the, the the geek would would have taken over in me. So, oh, maybe maybe we can do it again. Yeah, maybe. I'm gonna like I said. I'm, I think I will want to go and watch again because it's like this will never happen in my life again. You know, my other loves like Indiana Jones. I completely love Indiana Jones. They're not going to do a stage play opening in Manchester or not. Like I know I recognise this is. A one-off in my life that is in literally, I don't know, seven miles down the road. <laughs> <laughs> How could you not go? You'll be, you'll be, you'll, yeah, you have to go. Oh, yeah. Whatever, whatever it turned out though, yeah. as well. I, you know what I mean? If it was a, a load of shit at the end of it, you you would have had to go well, that's, and seen it for yourself. That's it. It's not the thing. The thing is, it's not a shit musical, right? No. I would give it. I would probably, as a fan, it's a five out of five. One hundred percent a five out of five. Um. If you've, if you're well versed in musicals, you see a lot of them, and you like the Back to the Future film, but you see a lot of musicals. It's probably it is in all honesty, it's probably a three to a four. Right. There's nothing, it it, and that's that's purely because it's not original. It's not an original story. Everyone knows the story. Everyone's seen the film. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, um, I, I, so on average, I'd probably give it a four out of five. But I'd be interested to hear what the critics the critics say to it i mean it's such a it's a difficult one to review because you know 
it's 35 years old everyone's watched it gets shown on tv every bloody month do you know what i mean everyone knows it inside out um so it's got to rely on the new stuff and i think the new stuff like the new music the new sequences some are great and and some are good and that's why it probably is about a four out of five well i hope it does well in london and i hope it keeps a good run i hope so too a lot of i mean i said on a lot of the internet groups and all a lot of americans are severely pissed that it's not there (laughs) (laughs) and so they're all hoping that he gets he gets taken over to uh la or new york or something oh i'm sure but i feel i feel extremely privileged well who could believe when you was a kid watching back to the future that one day you'd be at the premiere i know with the people who Who made made it it. i know it's unbelievable in you could have never even thought that they'd even know the name manchester would you yeah i know (laughs) i know it's it's unbelievable and i'm just still yeah that's That's what shocks me it's like at one point they sat in the la suburb beautiful mansion or whatever they live and gone you know what we'll we'll do it in manchester manchester yeah yeah manchester yeah it's funny because when it was announced like and I was all over the floor and said, oh my God, it's Manchester. And, uh, there's a Manchester in America. Why yeah. is it showing in Manchester, Pennsylvania, or whatever? And I was like, it's, it's, it's really not. It's really not. <laughs> well, brilliant, brilliant to hear, mate. Yeah, is there anything else you I'll... want to know about it? I just want to go. So if you do book tickets, maybe me and you, unless you're taking your wife Yeah, again. I'll see. I'll check. I'll check wherever she wants to go in. And if not, we can go. Because I don't mind waiting outside stage doors and nicking most of the stuff that's in there. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we could go as owner and pet and maybe we can get some like premium seats where like you just, I'm just I'm, he's, out, he's out on day release I'm looking after him <laughs> get some good seats yeah. and then have him pulling things oh, from his cat he really wants a t-shirt have you got any spare <laughs> he's only got a dribble on them anyway <laughs> <laughs> won't be dribble mate won't be dribble <laughs> that's excitement <laughs> that's Bob Gale <laughs> Bob. brilliant to hear mate and looking forward to the next one okay cool right okay speak Take to care, you pal. soon bye everyone bye see you mate bye.